I think I told I told a client the other day she wanted to you know send out an email Black Friday blah 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 and I'm like how many people do you have on your list you know <laughs> and she said oh you know when they when they hesitate I'm like oh boy here it goes welcome to the smartest podcast a show that is dedicated to helping you achieve success. I'm your host, John Colderize Lawson, entrepreneur and best-selling author. In this episode, you will hear from one of the most successful people in the world. So get ready to improve yourself by learning from those who have already found success. Yo guys, what is up? This is your boy, John. And I've got on the other side somebody you need to know. His name is Danvir. Danvir, tell everybody who you are and why they should listen to you. Yeah. So, yeah, like you said, my name is Danvir Saria. I run uh, an email marketing agency for e-commerce brands called Supply Drop, where we help seven to eight uh, figure brands, you know, scale with email marketing. Hmm. So, are you just like? Um, well, first, let's just, what's your background? How did you get into it? Well, I started 13 years ago. I was about 16 years old, or I had just turned 16. <laughs> I was about to say, you yeah. had to be a kid. <laughs> yeah, I was in high school. I was definitely in high school. Uh, really? Yeah, and I, I, long story short, basically, I was, I got interested into business, and I was interested in fitness, and I wanted to make a million dollars selling workout programs online, right? That's essentially what happened after getting to fitness and meet, you know, uh, you know, following Craig Valentine and other fitness slash business people. And uh, eventually at one point in an email, he said, he said, Hey, if you want to get into this internet marketing stuff, just go out to someone who's already has a business and tell them, Hey, you want to work for free. And so it just so happened that I followed this guy named Gideon Shawick, who did a, a case study of a, of a street magician on YouTube, uh, hmm. you know, who was going on YouTube. And I decided, and I like street magic at the time too. So I emailed him say, hey, can I help you for free? And after a couple of months back and forth, he eventually said, uh, hey, I'll pay you 200 bucks a month to write eight emails a month for my street magic stuff, selling his courses. And uh, I said, yeah, and that's how I started. Really? So yeah. I mean, what? How did how did y'all get around to email? What was the what was the thing with you in email and writing? I'm guessing. Well, had nothing to do with email. I didn't care what it was. What I was, it was just, I, okay. I just wanted to do something. I just wanted to learn how this stuff was. Now, of course, uh, if I were to ask, if I were to have asked an e-commerce brand at the time, it probably it might not have been email. It just so happens because I asked a uh, street magic guy who sold info products like co online courses. That's the type of business where like eighty to ninety percent of the business is email marketing. And so when he tells me email, he's basically telling me to run his business, essentially. Right? Wow. And so, uh, and, and so, yeah. And he just said, he just said email marketing because he wanted to focus on YouTube growing the business and I could just handle the rest, uh, ha handle the email marketing stuff. So it was, just, it was literally just YouTube, him doing that and me doing email marketing. And I get to do essentially whatever I wanted to do when it comes to uh, his email stuff. And, and it's all copywriting. So I didn't need any design or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Mm. All right. Did you did you have an interest in writing, or oh. <laughs> I've always <laughs> that's I've interesting. Always, I've always sucked at writing. Even now, I don't even like writing. Like I like copywriting, 
but I am not like, like one of the reasons why I have an agency and why I'm the founder agency is because if I, I could never be, you can never hire me as a full-time copywriter because I will quit within the first week. I cannot write mm. at volume for anything, no matter what. I hate it, but uh, I like selling stuff. Right? And I like being able to do, I like being able to sit in my computer, just type something and then, you know, send it out and sell something. So that's why uh, I liked, you know, email marketing and copywriting in general as well. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So how did you get into the e-com space? So I've always been interested in e-commerce, but you know, I, you just kind of, I just stumbled into info products first. Um, and basically, actually the, the first physical product I sold was with the street magician. He wanted to sell, uh, you know, branded playing cards so you could do street magic with. It didn't sell that well. Um, but eventually, most of the time I spent in e-commerce, I mean, sorry, in info products. I wanted to be in e-commerce, but, you know, I just never got into it. Mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually I got, I was running a business, my own business called CopyMonk, where I taught other direct response copywriters and direct response copywriting. I got, during that space, I, I, it was my first real successful business. And then, you know, quote unquote success was the first thing that was actually profitable. Um, but I, I ended up hating it because it, it was just a straight up internet marketing stuff. I, I wanted to teach direct response copywriters like, like copywriting, like how to get good at copywriting. But all everyone ever wanted to know was how to make six figures in their underwear uh, without having to go out with anyone, talk to anyone or anything. I hated that stuff. And so I eventually, I just quit that cold turkey and I just went to e-commerce. I started a, a, a luxury sportswear brand called Stunt Double. And it took 18 months and it failed horribly. I spent like $14,000 and it just like, I failed it all. Um, I mean, well, I mean, why? Oh, because apparel is one of the hardest categories to go into. I didn't know that. And I had no idea. I, I, I understood marketing at that point. I was right. good at copyright. I had a good USP and people loved it. But the logistics and economics mm. portion of e-commerce is very, it's, it's not impossible, but it's, it is hard, especially right. if you're not like, in my mind, I was a copywriter. So I was thinking about what do the words say? How do I differentiate this and stuff like that? But now after all these years I've been in e-commerce, um, I've learned that it's completely opposite. It's, it's all about product, all about the, the logistics, the economics behind the stuff, the, the marketing stuff. That's like 20% of it. 80% is all in the math. Right. And so that's why I didn't, I didn't do well with the, with, with, with the streetwear stuff. I just, I had gross margins of like 30%. That was before oh, any okay. discounts <laughs> before anything. And yeah. Yeah. I, I also sold it during, uh, like December ish or stuff, something like that. And I was. My, my, yeah, my cost per acquisition was $250 for a $58 t-shirt. And so I was like, after 18 months, I was like, yeah, this is impossible. Where does this, this, like, even, even during a regular month, like no holidays or anything, this is not going to be viable with only one shirt. And it will cost me under 10,000 to make something else. Like, nah, this is not going to be not doable. <laughs> yeah. How long did it take you to, you know, say, never mind, I'm, I'm done. 18 months. 18 uh, months. It took it from the from my initial idea to launch to like it took a year to make the shirt and then it took like three months six months three to six months and you're like the numbers not working yeah exactly that's good though i mean that's a fail fast i know people that hold on to the balloon way too long while it's yeah, going no, up that is right? scary yeah 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 that is scary <laughs> yeah yeah i mean so I, I think that's definitely one of one of these uh good lessons there um, okay, so now that fails. What do you do next? Well, I decided, you know what? I loved e-commerce. 
I don't, I didn't want to go back into the info product world, especially the internet marketing type of thing, which is all I knew at the time. And so, but what I did know also is I was, I was a freelancer during this, during this whole time. So, you know what, let me just combine two. Let me be email marketing for e-commerce brands. And so that's literally what I've been doing for the past couple of years since 2018, which is when I, I quit the, the, the sportswear brand. Um, and yeah, I've just been doing email marketing for other e-commerce brands. And just lately, like literally like today, well, not today, yesterday, I launched, uh, relaunched a, uh, a fantasy inspired candle brand. So I have services and a DTC brand again, and we'll see what goes from there. Now, what, what, a fantasy inspired candle brand. Of all the things in the world that you've been privy to, because I'm yeah. guessing at this point you've worked with a lot of, you know, e-commerce brands, right? Yes, yes. Big, small. Yeah, yes, exactly. I mean, you say like the eight-figure brand agency. So it's like, if, do I have to have eight figures to uh, get in with you? No, no. It's just, it's just those are like the highest. Uh, the, our biggest clients have been eight figures. Awesome, awesome. So out of all those things, why a candle? So one, uh, I, I basically, I, everything that I learned from that sports shirt brand, plus everything I learned, you know, from there on, I learned that I had to do the exact opposite, essentially. Mm. Um, and what that means is that I wanted a brand that was going to, it was going to be cheap to start, right? And after all those years, I learned that anything handmade is actually pretty cheap to start, even if you're not the one doing it. Yeah, handmade, yeah, yeah. If you hire someone else to do it, it's still super cheap mm. stuff like soap, candles, uh, you know, other skincare stuff, a lot of that stuff can be done handmade, basically anything on Etsy, essentially. Um, and candles had some of the best AOV, average order value, had great margins. The shipping is expensive, but hey, not everything is perfect. Um, and uh, it was, again, it was super cheap to start. Like literally, like in my first round of, of candles, only just the inventory, it only cost me 300 bucks. Mm. Um, I want those other brands that I had thought of doing, I wanted to do, uh, supplements and stuff like that but most other things you're going to start is going to cost you ten thousand dollars plus to start um another one was was soap soap is is super cheap to start too i could start for like 2k two thousand dollars but it's soap you can only sell it like premium soap you can only sell it for like 10 bucks right and then you have to bundle it and that kind of stuff you, it, to make paid ads work you would actually need like three soaps which now you're talking about six thousand dollars just for inventory yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. plus marketing and all that kind of stuff so when you put all the math together, it essentially came down to math. I just wanted to do something cheap and I could do right now, which was candles. And during my research, I found out someone was doing fantasy inspired stuff, like Lord of the Rings inspired stuff. And I just said, you know what? I could do that. Let me just do that. You know, I it's it's most people don't even know that kind of stuff exists. So even if I just do a copycat, I'm still good. I do something to differentiate it, but you know, uh, yeah. And I just, I just decided to go for it. Yeah, is it going well? Yeah, actually, uh, first Ooh. round, I'll, I was able to break even on just paid ads doing absolutely no work, very minimal optimization. And right now, I'm, I'm on day two. I'm already profitable. So we'll see what happens. Awesome. All right, man. So let's dig into the secret sauce. What is the secret to email marketing and especially in the e-com space? I mean... You know, I, I mean, I get it. There's always these, okay, you got to have an abandoned cart sequence. You need a new, you know, uh, buyer sequence. You need, so what, what, what's, what's the strategy? What do I need to know that nobody's really telling me? Because I need to know. Yeah, so um, I would say 
first of all, you have to start with what type of business are you starting? Uh, a CPG brand is completely different from a, a one-off brand. So supplements, selling supplements through email is completely different from selling like a, like a gym bag or a mattress. Okay. Those are two different types of businesses because the CPG brand are going to, they're, they're like built for email marketing, right? right. They have, they're consumables. You can launch new stuff pretty quickly, uh, all that kind of stuff. While one-off brands, like when people buy a, a mattress, it, they might buy a pillow, but not at the same rate as some, a supplement person would buy another supplement, right? So those are two very different things. That's where you mm. start from. Okay. Number two then, and this is where- And you said CPG, consumer- Consumer, consumer package goods. Package. Okay, go yeah. ahead. Um, and then from there on, that's now you can talk a little bit more about email. And what, and what we focus on as an agency is one, uh, at least on the campaign side of things, you want to focus on something called calendaring. So planning, essentially, like uh, planning three months ahead, for example, saying we're going to send these promotions on these days with this particular angle, right? And planning that out ahead, as well as planning out when you're going to uh, launch new products. Uh, do you have a subscription program or not? Uh, on the flows side of things, like, do you want to go more segmented because you could go a little bit more uh, specific just because it's based on actions? So that's calendaring, right? And that's actually where I think the besides the actual economics of the business, I think that's where the real money is made in email marketing. And then two is just send a lot of emails. Well, that one's pretty simple. And step three is what I call objection-based creative, which is basically uh, whenever you're sending an email, make sure you are answering some type of object objection. Uh, it could be a, a major one or a minor one or something like that. But as long as you are answering a reason for people to buy your product, uh, you're good to go. Or, or, so you're saying calendar. So plan this stuff out 30, 60, 90 days in advance. Does it matter what I'm going to talk about? Then you say, yes, it needs to be objection-based. Yes. I think that's, I, I think, can I go deeper into objection-based? So what, what do you mean by that, man? Well, it's, um, it's pretty simple. Like, first of all, you have to, when when you're doing email marketing, you have to teach people why they should buy your product, essentially. And because email marketing, obviously, you can send a lot of emails and stuff and people buy over time. Uh, what you end up doing is that you need to teach people over time why they should buy your product. What do they need to believe for you, for them to say, yes, this is, this is the product that I need uh, for this particular problem? Okay, so if I'm selling shampoo, I might say uh, some of the objections I might answer is like, when the scent, like well, how does it smell? What are the ingredients are in it? Is it clean? Uh, is it for men or for women? Is it for curly hair or for straight hair? That kind of stuff. Like all those things I just said, that's that that can end up being a bunch of different types of emails that you're sending over the course of of a year. And so, so I'm as, addressing these things in different ways. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now, does every email have to be an offer? I think I think every email needs to have an offer, but it it doesn't have to lead with it. So, for example, I'm very I'm a huge fan of I don't know, I haven't I haven't really have a term for this yet, but I call them consumption based emails, which is basically uh, emails that teach you something, but it leads to the product. So, for example, again, uh, like the shampoo example, it could be an email, all of an education email, all about you know the three steps to removing dandruff from your hair. Well, it just so happens that in those three steps, you need to use the shampoo that we're selling you, right? And so 
it doesn't, it's not an offer email. It leads with content, but it still has an offer at the bottom, right? Now we don't do those, do, do those too often in e-commerce. Mm -hmm. It's, it's primarily just promotions of some sort, uh, upfront, but yeah, we combine, uh, both of those, uh, you know, whenever necessary. Cool. How often should, you know, I mean, you said the volume of emails is important. How often should people be emailing? I think pretty much every brand, if you're a brand new brand, like the one I have now, like you have nothing going on, uh, you can probably, you know, do one per every two weeks, right? It doesn't, it doesn't have to be anything. But if you say you have, you know, 10,000 subscribers, okay, and that's a different story. Now you should be sending, I think every brand should send at least two emails per week, plus resends. So resending those exact same emails to people who didn't open. Um, if you're CPG at that rate, you want to be at three per week. Uh, also with resends. And then now when you are talking like 50,000 subscribers or, or more, then you can talk about, okay, what can we do to send even more? Those should be probably should be segmented based on uh, if they've opened, if they are a regular, you know, opener mm -hmm. and regular engaged person. Um, but that stuff, that's, I would say that's like the last like 10% to worry about. So generally speaking for most brands is two to three times a week plus resends. That's interesting. So you're saying like, not until I get to around 50,000, do I really need to start segmenting? Yeah, because also, again, if you're using a, an ESP like Clavio, it will tell you, okay, you are making this amount of much from email, percentage-wise flows for the campaigns and stuff like that. And so generally speaking, like a CPG brand, you should be, most brands anyways, you should be at 20 to 30% of your revenue from email. Mm. But... Now you're talking. Now you have to, now here's where the math part comes in. If you have if you have ten thousand subscribers, right, and you're you're making twenty five percent of revenue from email, and that's let's just say that's a hundred thousand um, dollars. If you want to increase your thing by another three percent, for example, what's three percent of a hundred thousand? It's like you know, like three thousand, no, something like that. Like yeah. in terms of like, you know, you want to send more emails. Now you're talking about what is the cost to send that email now and, and then plus discounts and stuff like that it's not even it's not really that worth it you could but you're, mm -hmm. you're not gonna make that much but at fifty thousand subscribers now you have margin to play with right and so that's when you can send more emails and stuff more targeted and segment interesting yeah all right so um you you threw out a couple of uh uh numbers there for uh open rates and things like that so can you kind of go a little bit deeper into what should I be looking for? You know, I think I talked, I told a client the other day, she wanted to, you know, send out an email, Black Friday, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how many people do you have on your list? You know? <laughs> and she said, oh, you know, when they, when they hesitate, I'm like, oh boy, here it goes. So she's like about a, about a hundred. So when it's say about a hundred, it's really about 80. You know what I mean? But Right. So yeah. I'm like, hmm. How many sales do you think somebody's going to get off of a hundred people on an email list? Um, not much. I can tell you, I just sent an email out to fifty people, and I didn't get a single one. So, <laughs> so yeah, you're not. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so what? Are, what's our? I mean, what are? What are? What's the open rate first? That's the first thing I want to look at. What's the open rate percentages that I want to see that are in in good margins? In your opinion. Well, honestly, I don't really care about. You don't care. Rates. I don't care. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, let's get I mean, into that. As long as what I think, 
so especially after iOS 15, which inflated open rates, which means they're not even that good. Like if they weren't good before, they were not. They don't. They matter even less now. Right. Um, but right. Speaking, wait, wait, wait. But let's let's teach the the lame. What happened? Apple started making everything look like it was open. Yes, exactly. The, basically, your your email rates will inflate, uh, particularly when they're being opened on the Apple, you know, mail client thingy there. So, um, yeah. So, and most people have a, lo a lot of those, like like fifty percent of your list, forty percent. It's going to be a big chunk of your list. Um, so it's so it's, now we throw out the open rate. Yeah, basically. Um, I just like if you send out, for example, let's say you sent out twenty emails, and let's say. On average, you get 20, 30%, which is, which is good, right? Um, even after iOS 15, um, I, that to me, that's as far as I go. Unless for some reason there was an email that sent you know, 5%. Now there's an issue there because that is probably because of a deliverability issue. Now it has nothing to do with subject lines or any of that kind of stuff. So that's mm -hmm. the kind of stuff I would pay attention to. But other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Okay. So what's the most important metric after... Oh, after I say, I know you're going to say bye, but it, go ahead. What's the next important? It's revenue. Uh, revenue. After revenue, yeah. rev, revenue after that, it would, it's a little bit difficult because um, it, everything else can be manipulated. That's the issue, right? Now, I will say that click-through rate, I found click-through rate to increase the amount of sales, but you have to think it a little bit differently because a lot of like people who optimize like CRO, they'll say, well, if I, if I increase my click-through rate, more people go to my site, which means more people will, will buy. And I found that to actually be wrong. Mm. Um, the higher click-through rate does increase sales, but not like that. It happens the opposite way. It's you have a really good offer that's in the email, which got people to buy, right? And then that translates into a good click-through rate. It's the opposite way. So that's the way I think about it. Like if you want to like you want to increase sales per email, don't worry about any of that stuff just worry about a really good offer that gets people to buy and then it will translate into good metrics essentially cool man all right so if i'm looking to get uh you know or work with uh an agency or something like yourself uh what what should i look for when it comes to email marketing because there's a lot of you know noise in the space but you know how do i determine what's good and what's not right so the good news is that email is not like a complicated thing to do. And mm -hmm. most email marketing agencies are, are going to do pretty much the exact same. No matter, it doesn't really matter too much. So what you're really looking for is someone who has process, uh, who knows, okay, when this happens, do this. When that happens, do that. That's what you really want to know. Um, obviously, you could read, uh, read up on case studies and stuff. I wouldn't trust those too much because, you know, you have someone who, who they'll do a client that didn't do any email and they'll say, look, we made them a million dollars, but that's because they weren't sending any email before. So I wouldn't worry too much about case studies, worry about uh, um, the process. You can always ask for a free audit, which most email agencies do and which, which, which we do too. And they'll tell you, hey, look, you're missing these flows. Uh, you're not sending enough emails and stuff like that. And so as long as there's clear opportunity, you're probably fine. Other than that, when it comes, you can always ask the agency, uh, you know, give me samples of, of your emails, what you normally send. Okay. And uh, beyond that, you can ask them specifics about the process, like who makes the offers, how to decide on what the offers are, uh, uh, how many emails do you normally recommend for clients to send, that kind of stuff. 
So um, again, it's not going to be too very, you're not going to see huge differences from agency to agency. What you really want is just someone to understand email, can send out good emails and know, okay, where to plug in uh, you know, stuff that uh, plug in the emails that you're not already sending essentially. Okay. I haven't done any email. I got a lot of people that bought from me, you know, um, never really thought about going back in and touching them. What's the first thing I send to them? if I want to re-engage these guys. Well, if it's a cold list, then the first thing I would say is send a, what's called a nine word email. Um, there's a concept made by Dean Jackson, I think, uh, basically it's an email that just says, Hey, are you still interested in X? So, Hey, are you still interested in shampoo? Hey, are you still interested in our candles? That kind of stuff. You send that email. The purpose of that email is just to get as many email replies as possible. So that one, it engages the list. It, it puts you hmm. back in favor with Gmail and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and yeah. And then from there, I'll just start sending regular emails, uh, you can start sending, you can, you can start out with more content-based emails, like I was talking about earlier, the, the consumption one, consumption-based ones. Um, and then after that, I'll start sending just like a regular cadence of promotions and content. Fantastic, man. So like if we wanted to get engaged with your company, what's the name of your company? Supplydropmedia.com. Supplydropmedia.com. Tell me about Supply Drop Media. Yeah. So again, yeah, we're a full-service e-commerce email marketing agency. We do literally the whole entire thing. So from strategy all the way to design to Clavio management, uh, we're basically like your in-house email marketing team or retention team. So uh, that's pretty much all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the onboarding like? Sure. So normally speaking, so someone will hear about me or the agency, they'll go to the agency site, they'll uh, you know apply or whatever it's called, the little thing there. Uh, and uh, <laughs> It says hire I, us. Get yeah, your hire us. SMS plan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's essentially it's essentially an audit, the promise. And so we're gonna reach out to you. I'm gonna reach out to you and say, hey, let's get on the phone. Uh, we talk a little bit for maybe like 20 minutes, just talk about what's your issues, what do you what what opportunities see, what problems do you want, what were your KPIs, all that kind of stuff, your expectations. If we're all good there, then we go into an audit. And I take about a week to do the audit where I'll actually go into your Klaviyo account and I look through everything from your revenue to what you're saying, like every every individual email you sent, uh, what you've sent for the past 90 days or so when it comes to campaigns. And then after all that stuff, I'll give you an action plan. It's usually a list of the top five to 10 easiest, biggest wins uh, that you have for email marketing. And then I give it to you. And if you want us to actually do it for you, you hire us. Bam. That's great, man. That's great. All right. Last question, man. This is what I ask everybody. It's like, you know, there is, if there is one thing that I should have asked you that I did not, what would that be? I guess it would be at least within context of e-commerce and it could be email marketing just in general, uh, the difference between like the, the winners and the losers. Uh, and I kind of actually sort of answered this earlier, but it is that important. And, and it's completely changed my mind of e-commerce and just business in general. The winners and the losers are always, it always comes back down to product. Uh, usually as me, especially me as a, as a, as a marketer, right. And uh, specifically copywriting, direct response, copywriting, and you learn in that space, everything is about marketing. Even Dan Kenny said, the only thing that's important is marketing. And I found that to be completely false. Wow. Yeah. 
the marketing matters. It still matters, but nothing happens unless you have good logistics, good numbers. Because what happens when what happens when you have iOS 15 or iOS 14.5, which is even worse? It killed uh, Facebook ads. And what happens when like because of COVID, the the freight freight uh, costs they just went through the roof. How do you what how what what do you do when cause like right now people are thinking there's going to be a recession, which means people are going to be spending less. Your AOVs are going to go down and all that kind of stuff. So what happens? What makes you survive all that stuff uh, versus you know dying? Like a lot of brands will die, mm-hmm. and that it always comes down back to product market fit. And then the logistics behind it, the economics. Do you have the gross margins? What are the shipping costs? Can you can you can you reduce your cogs by anything? Can you increase your price by a dollar or a dollar or two dollars? Right. Every little inch, that's where the winners are made. Uh, and then the rest is it's important. Add creative Facebook ads, email, all that stuff is important, but you need the foundation. Once you have the foundation, everything else is 100 percent doable. Wow, man. You know. I have to give it to you. That is very, very insightful, you know, and coming from a young man like yourself, you can really tell that that is an experience based assessment because you didn't pull out, you know, something that you hear all the time, blah, 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 blah. That is uh, some wisdom right there. Thank you. Uh, It was really hard learned. That's for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Hard lesson learned. But yeah. you learned it, and now um, you're spreading the message. And I think you know what you're doing with Supply Drop sounds amazingly interesting. Hopefully, people will go over there. So if they want to follow you, hear more from you, or work with you, where do we go? Well, if you want to hire me, just go to supplydropmedia.com. And if you want to connect with me on social, go to Twitter at Danavirsario. Awesome. Danavir, thank you so much, bro. Hang out for a few minutes, but right now we're done guys. Thanks for tuning in to the Smartest Podcast. I hope you found that conversation helpful and inspiring. So be sure to subscribe and do not miss any future episodes. Until next time, enjoy your journey of success. Thanks for listening.